Welcome to the Inside Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Carl Rose. This podcast will cover everything track and field in PG County, Maryland. Where we came from, what we're doing, and where we're headed. Guests will include former athletes, coaches, and others that contributed to the rich heritage that is known in PG County track circles. So sit back and enjoy as we spend some time laughing, reminiscing, and talking track. Set, go! So welcome back to Inside Track and Field. I am your host, Coach Carl Rose. Today I'm so excited to have this in-person interview with three of the legends from the PG County Track and Field. Today, in my midst, I have Coach Chris Parker, a 38-year veteran, well-known in the county, coaching Largo, McNamara, Bowie State, Duval, PG Community College, and is now the head track and field coach at Bladensburg. The two-time state champion coach and Largo alum will share his stories with us today. Good afternoon, Coach Parker. How you doing today? I'm doing blessed. I'm real blessed to be amongst these great athletes. I mean, great, great coaches. <laughs> Not good at these interviews and stuff, so you, guys, you might have to edit this. We're going to be good. We're going to okay. be good. <laughs> yes, indeed. We also have with us today Coach Daryl Hamilton, 34-year veteran, coaching at Bladensburg and Largo. To his credit, 13 state championships. He was the all-county coach of the year and also garners all-met coach honors. He, too, is a county graduate from Bladensburg High School. Coach Hamilton, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Rose. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. We also have chairman of the boards with us today, Coach Stan Mullins, 50-plus years coaching in a variety of levels up to the Olympic level. Cardoza High School, H.D. Woodson, both in the District of Columbia, Potomac, collegiately at UDC, Howard, and having the Olympic-level track clubs throughout the DMV. He has a state title at Potomac in 2012, eight city and division championships, indoor and outdoor and cross-country as well. The four-time Hall of Famer, Potomac Valley Coach of the Year, State of North Carolina 440-yard dash record from 1961, Mr. Chairman of the Boards, Mr. Stan Mullins. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But there's one thing that we have to uh, kind of like straighten out a little bit. My championships were in D.C., I don't think we mentioned that, but they, they were uh, indoor, outdoor, and cross-country, eight. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So definitely, definitely a left a mark in the, in the entire DMV area in, in, in your legendary status of being a top, a top coach and a top evaluator of talent. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Great. So normally we get into a question of, 
how you got into the track and field. But as this is an Olympic year, just really uh, quick, we'll go around the room. We'll start with Coach Parker and then Hamilton and then finish with you, Coach Mullins. What what was the um, the aha? What was the exciting moment for you of this year's uh, 2020 Tokyo Games? Just everything. The fact that these young men and women were able to come out there and compete. But that year off, you saw a lot of athletes step their game up. A lot of newcomers. You couldn't sit on your laurels. You know, we were looking for this person and that person to make the team. But these young kids brought this morning. Definitely, definitely. A lot of, lot of faces kind of, you know, came out and, and showed. And for you, Coach Hamilton? What made me all the Olympus this year? It was one race. The men's 400 hurdles. <laughs> and when somebody could run the 400 hurdles under 46 seconds, all you could do is say, whoa. Two people. You know, it's really two people because he ran 46, 46 flat, whatever. But I mean, that was, that was unreal, man. You never, I, I just never thought I would see that. You yeah. know, 45 seconds under over the 400 hurdles. That's crazy. Definitely. You know? Definitely. That was, that was, so that was an unreal moment for me. Yeah. And Coach Muller? Well, it was a, a race that really, really caught my attention because I coached a young lady. Uh, her name was Christina Manning. Uh, I forget her last name now. Yeah, she got married. But when I was working with her, her name was Christina Manning. From Westlake High School. Westlake down at Waldorf. Right, right. And when she made the Olympic team, I, I just I said, oh my goodness, this girl is going to go all the way. And she did as far as she could take it. So that was my aha moment. Nice. It's it's always exciting to see, to see people who we've been able to influence. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think I go back to the to both um, quarter hurdle races um, that, yeah. that were just just so amazing, you know, to me to see the ladies. Um, you know, do the same type of um, high level, you know, performance mm -hmm. as well, I thought was, was, was definitely, you know, amazing. But, but Coach Hamilton, you hit it on the head. When you think about, you think about a guy like, you know, just look back at all of our hurdlers and you think about, you know, guys that were just, you know, top hurdlers and you look at this kid. <laughs> yeah. Come in and, and, and drop 45, it's like, whoa. He's, he's ranked in the open 400 with his time over the 400 hurdles that's that's something that's else. crazy <laughs> that's, that's, that's something else man. yeah you think back to edwin moses and just be like yeah. you watch him and then you're like watch this guy this mm -hmm. guy, you know what what's possible right yeah so so as you as you um think about kind of what you know makes the county what it is and and and, and how you came about. Um, we'll start again with you, Chris. Um, how did you get involved in, in track and field, even not as a coach, just, just as an athlete? Well, I actually hated going to track with this, but my sister ran track. My father had the whole family go, and I had to watch her run. I used to take basketballs to a track with this. <laughs> said, you better get back to watch your sister run. Cause I did not want to watch her. I watch her run and I go back on the basketball courts, you know, but I had zero interest. Growing up, I was the slowest person in Kitland. <laughs> <laughs> so, so watch these people race. Oh, nah. 
whole family was fast, but I was slow. So I had no interest in race. No, no endorse, no nothing. Couldn't jump, couldn't throw, couldn't do a push up, nothing. So that's kind but of. But you were kind of made to do it. I wasn't forced into it. Yeah. Actually, I started running track in high school when I got in trouble and the track coach gave okay. me paperwork on up. Get, get expensive. Was, was, was that coach? Uh, Best for you. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I literally tried to quit. It was too hard. So, <laughs> yeah. That's good. We're going to circle back to that. One. <laughs> That's good. And Daryl? That's how I got into tra tra coaching track. Man, well, I'm like Chris. I wasn't in the track. I was a football player, you know, in high school that ran track. But after high school, I, I was just hanging out. I was hanging out in Glen Island at a 7-Eleven. And my buddy, Carlos Alexandria, pulled up. And he was, tra he was coaching the track club. And he said, man, what you doing? I said, nothing. <laughs> he said, I need you to help coach track. And he said, I said, where? He said, I got a track club at Lago High School. I need somebody to help me, man. I need you to help me. Come on, man, help me. And I said, all right, I'll be there. And he said, man, I need you to be there. I said, what time? He said, Monday at 6. And I, I went Monday at 6. And that's how I started coaching track. Wow. I was at 7-Eleven hanging out. With all my buddies in Glenard, and he pulled up. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And I've been coaching ever since I was 22 years old. And that's another, and that's another big name in, yeah. in, in coaching history in the county. How about you, Coach Mullen? Well, <laughs> you really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah. I've been coaching uh, for 50 plus years. And I first started out when I was a senior in college. My coach said, Stan said, um, I have some kids down here in, in the uh, city who just need somebody to look at them to really, really say whether or not they're going to be able to do this um, event or this activity. Mm -hmm. That's when I first got started, and I said, hmm, I kind of like this. And then when I started doing my uh, student mm -hmm. teacher teaching, um, the phys, phys ed teacher said, uh, Mr. Mullen said, uh, part of your grade would be to coach the track team. <laughs> and I said, okay. And we did well. This was in um, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. And I've been coaching ever since then. Nice. Nice. Did you think that you would stay in it this long at that looking back at that time when you started? Oh, yes. I, I knew at that point that that was what I wanted to do. Nice. So Daryl, when when Carlos when Carlos proposed that that opportunity, did you see yourself twenty twenty one still still doing this? No, <laughs> I didn't think I'd be coaching this long. You know, and um, the thing was that we started off coaching summer track, and then about a couple of years later, my old gym teacher, Miss Lucas, she was the AD, and Miss Rose. They was a um, track coach in '80 when I was in high school, mm -hmm. and they were still coaching. I mean, still teaching at Blainsburg. And they called me and said, "I heard you and your buddy doing a track club. We need a track coach." And me and Carlos said, "Man, I said you want to go to Blainsburg and coach?" He said, "Yeah, let's go." I said, uh, and then I called her back and said, "We'll come." They said, "Then we asked, we like, do y'all pay?" They said, "Yeah." <laughs> and I said, "Carlos, we gonna get paid for it." He said, "Let's go." <laughs> And that's how we got the high school. That's how you got know? the high school. Uh-huh. And how about you, yeah. Chris? Did, did you see at that time when you started 
coaching, did you see yourself doing it this long? Absolutely not. I came home from uh, Tennessee State, called myself working for a year. And basically, South West Point just asked me to come up there and help out a little bit. You know, the kids knew who I was. And um, he said I'd be a good influence. Um, this is going to be a long story. But when I turned 21, I was only 20 years old then. When I turned 21, it's funny because I only planned just helping out that one year. Mm -hmm. My buddy was running for Texas Southern. And uh, Dave Bethany called me out for me a scholarship because I had two years left. Um, I had two years left of eligibility. In a year, I was going to tell those kids, the day I was going to tell those kids, you know, this is it for me next semester, I'm gone. They actually threw me a party and told me thank you. <laughs> and that messed some stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I was already busting them because I was wondering where they were. They weren't showing up on time for practice. <laughs> they said, Chris, you need to come to the weight room. So I thought something happened. They had a cake and stuff for me. And I was like, oh, man, this is messed up. So kind of the rest is history. They kind of they kind of hooked you into, into sticking with it. What who so, Daryl? You you mentioned um, Carlos. Yes. Who, and and I know all of us you know had a coach, even as we got into coaching that that kind of helped us you know get on the way. Who was who was one one of those people, Chris? That that a coach that early on in your coaching career that kind of gave you some tips and and kind of guided you. I think I bug coaches to death. I know I bug this man to death. Every old, I'm going to call you old head coaches. <laughs> like Bob Rothenberg, he got tired of me calling up the Brown and asking me, look, I got a kid this visit. I called his wife, who's also coaching, and she mm -hmm. told me one thing, and it was funny. She said, Chris, can you read? She got tired of me calling every week. I said, yeah. She said, get a book. <laughs> can read. She said, I have some books for you. You can read. So I was an English teacher. I knew nothing about track. And she read and comprehend, comprehended what she was reading. And actually, Ann Rothenberg became one of the country's renowned pole vault coaches mm -hmm. in the University. You know, and I started picking up books. I was still calling everybody. Mm -hmm. To this day, I call everybody. I'm pretty sure I bought Coach Mullins with that. No problem. <laughs> no, no problem. I mean, so I would say South West Point because he gave me the opportunity. And he taught me how to structure a team. But his biggest gift was really just how to deal with kids. Mm -hmm. He was a great motivator. And I know as an athlete, he also just wasn't about track work for me. He could sit you down and after practice, we rarely talked about track. We talked about life. So, you know, I got a lot from him. Good. And actually I own my life kind of, so. Yeah. How about you, Coach? Well, you, you know, a lot of people don't know that um, I was the first track coach at H.G. Woodson High School. In, in fact, uh, I was one of the instrumental people to give us in this school colors, red, black, and green, and mascot name, uh, Warriors. Mm -hmm. And this was back in 1972 when we first opened the school. Up. <coughs> Before that, I was coaching at um, Cardozo High School mm -hmm. in D.C. and. Uh, then I found out about the new school open. That's why I'm going to the new school. Came over to Woodson, and that's where I ended up coaching for 30 plus years. Okay. When I finished at Woodson, um, Coach Moultrie at Howard University mm -hmm. saw me as a coach. 
can you come over and give me a hand? I said, well, coach, I, I'm tired now. I said, I, I'm, I'm done. He said, no, come on, come on. So I stayed at Howard for three years, I think it was. And <clears throat> from there, um, it was pretty close to Olympic year. And there were some kids who I thought had the ability to, mm -hmm. to progress to the next level. So I worked with them on uh, an individual basis. Okay, so that's actually how we really, really got started today oh. I'm in it. <laughs> okay, okay. On that level. Nice. Um, and then just just thinking about kind of your first big success, whether it was with an individual or or with a team. You know, now you're you're out there, obviously you've coached, you've you've made those you know, those big steps at H.D. Woodson. Was there a time at H.D. Woodson when you, when you felt like this is, this is, this is a, I'm a, I've achieved a real high, a high level. Was there a, a watershed moment when you were coaching? Oh, yes. 1977, in relays. I'm sure you guys remember that. <laughs> we won the championship of America in, in the four by four on the inside. I was wearing 312 in the trials, and I think it was 313 in the final. We beat the Jamaican teams. In fact, we actually set uh, a pen relay record that was broken the next year. Nice. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how about you, Chris, as you, as you started, you know, getting deeper into coaching, was there a time that you, um, you kind of felt, hey, I, I've achieved something special? Um, I would say I've been lucky to have some great athletes, but I had one young lady when I first started coaching. She got last in every race as a ninth grader. Then she ended up being an All-American. You know, she ended up winning eight individual state championships. Wow. And the hardest part was convincing her not to quit. This is my first year coaching, actually. And to me, it wasn't about me, but it just felt good watching somebody go from ready to quit and get in the last, this young lady used to stop in the 400 in the middle of the race and hold her side, walk a couple of steps, keep moving. She ended up running on 54, she ended up running 40 flat, something like that, and 115, 116, and 500, and it was a new event. Um, she ran 123 for 600 yards. Mm -hmm. So some people may not remember those times, but if you take away eight seconds, somebody's running, you know, they're coming through mm -hmm. about 114 or 115 for 500 meters. Absolutely. You know, and that's the one point where I said, okay, I'm starting like this. Nice. Nice. So the county, the county has, um, has had a lot of success. And, you know, when I looked back, like when I first um, began kind of the, the career, so my career, so to speak, and I got to the point where I started, you know, talking to the Ed Bowie's of, of the county and things of that nature and started, you know, finding all the old books and Duval's closets and stuff. I'm looking back and um, the county had a had a, a broad, you know, level of success, not just kind of what people kind of remember today in the sprints, but but all throughout the other events. So yes. how do you think that? Um, how do you think that has changed over the last over the last few years? And I start with you, Daryl. How do you think that has changed over the last maybe you know five to ten years as compared to like twenty years ago? I don't really 
think it's changed because uh, you know in the county we always still have people that can run all the events you know so it's just maybe the times have changed but i don't think it's really changed it's still the, the county the pg county just so competitive every year i don't care who you have you know it's always going to be competitive so i don't really think it's changed it's just you know the coaches change <laughs> you know we go place to place but the kids wise and when you coach with the kids it's just like you get your kids ready you get your kids ready to run against the wise the roosevelt's the blainsburg's the you know potomac's everybody you get them ready because you already know when you step on the track in pg county you got to run you know Definitely. so it's, it's it's basically the same you know it's just the names change and you know but Competitor wise, it's still the same, you know? And, and, and you know, I noticed too that cross country is a very important part of the, the entire um, development of the kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And um, we've had some very, very good middle distance, distance runners uh, from PG County. And mm -hmm. I think that's 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 because of the quality of the cross country program, the interest and 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 quality of it. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because I I make all my kids run cross country. Absolutely. You know, I just make them all run cross country. Yeah. I don't want to get no tips out, but hey, <laughs> that's that's pretty universal. <laughs> yeah. So with that going going to you, Coach Chris, because I know. I know that um, that's one of the seasons that you enjoy. What um, what are your feelings in re regarding just the popularity of it and the, the the effort that's put into some of the um, you know as coach was mentioning, it's a it's a vital part of developing the rest of the program. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm gonna go back to the point from when PG Kelly used to dominate middle distance in this area. Um, I think one of the reasons, and I'm not saying we're doing bad, but we're not as competitive in, in the middle distance and cross country races. Um, it's gonna sound crazy. When I first started coaching, when I was running, we had middle schools track. Yes. So when you got a kid, they were exposed to the discipline of training, having to be there every day. You know, I was telling coach earlier today that we had kids coming out of junior high, like Daryl's teammate, one of my best friends, running 203 in the 800. Mm -hmm. One of my competitors came out running 430. And that wasn't abnormal for those times of day. So the deck was a little different because kids understood the work ethic. Get kids now, they'll run cross country, but everybody wants to run sprints. You know, I can tell that, you know, my junior year, I ran like 157, 158, and I might have gotten six or seven for the region. 427, mm -hmm. I ain't qualified for states. You know, 940 something wasn't for states. So I'm not saying there's a difference, but folks really, we have a few teams that really take it serious. But like Daryl says, his whole team runs, but we don't have kids actually coming out really, I'm saying not all of them. The last team we had other than Eleanor Roosevelt in the 90s, Told them that Oxen Hill actually girls actually won the state. Mm -hmm. They got disqualified. You know, they let them keep their individual titles, but the little girl Tracy Edwards, I think her name is, 
she won it. You know, and we were battling for Eleanor Roosevelt in the counties for the top three. And I was telling them I had four girls under 20 minutes. And, and the slow one ended up being a good runner, but she was at, my fifth runner was a 20 minute runner. But kids came out with a little different mindset. We had kids that wanted to do this. You know, we had coaches that, okay, yeah. Like I love cross country. I don't knock those that don't. I have one kid on my team and I can't wait for him to start tomorrow. <laughs> I, I love the sport, you know, the passion of it, you know, and that goes back to the history of it. When you look at guys like um, George Miley, who was an Olympian, coming out of Duval High School. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, I met Otto Mazzoni, Mazzoni yeah. his teammate mm -hmm. at the state meet, and he introduced himself because he was like, this is the first Duval team I've seen at the state meet since the 70s when we ran. You know, at Largo, everyone was an athlete. So yes. we had wrestlers, basketball players. They made up a cross-country team. You know, because wrestlers had to make rape. And coaches expected you to come in shape. So when I was in high school, you know, Largo had a pretty good time, team. My first year coaching, we had a pretty good team in cross country where we were cracking the top 10. Only two of us were track runners. You know, we were number one and two, but we had guys running 16 minutes who were basketball players and wrestlers. You know, but you don't, you know, we talked about a lot of times, this is the age of specialization. Right. Yes. You know, our coaches were in cahoots. I wanted to play football. They made me after running 428 in the mile, they made me run cross country. I wanted to play football. They told me I'll be riding the bench <laughs> on a scout team. Right. I could play, but they didn't care about that. I wasn't getting any chance because our coaches were in cahoots. You know, so that was one of the you don't see that anymore. Yeah, specialization has definitely, you know, got deep into the high school athletics and even even earlier. Yeah. When you when you really think about it, and um, that's one thing that we we have to deal with today. And just piggybacking off of what Chris said about the middle school, you know, back in the day they had middle school track, so you kind of knew your kids were coming to your school and everything. And now you got track clubs, but the track clubs are like an all star team. You don't know where you live, right. so you can coach these kids all the way up to like thirteen to fourteen years old, and they only go to your school. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's the thing about track clubs, but in middle school, you already knew if they was at Kettering, they was coming to Lago, they was at Blainsbury Middle School, they was coming to Blainsbury. You know, it's like that. So definitely, yeah. And, and the track clubs, kids, you know, are sometimes not even staying in the public school system. Not at all. You know, they're they're going to to the privates. Okay. So, so we definitely have a strong, you know, a strong history in the county, and you know, you can. Um, you know, reel off, you know, a lot of different uh, different names and, and, and times and, and things of that nature. But um, there's some kids that are going to be the the kind of mark, somebody who leaves a, 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 a indelible mark, whether it's something that they just impacted, you know, the county or the state. Um, and, you know, as coaches, you hate having to, to name just one. But who were who a few, Coach Mullins, that, that you just remember that came across your midst? You mentioned Christina Manning yes. from this year, but who were some of the others? Uh, you, you really want me to start? <laughs> I, I had we started a, with you first because you're going to have a list. What, one that brings to mind is Ronald Darby. Uh, Ronald did not like track at all. I, I really had to. Uh, use a lot of skill in terms of getting him to focus in on track and field. 
because his main thing was football. And he would always tell me, don't, don't try to make no, no track person out of me. But um, then I saw something happening to him when he was in the 10th grade. He started to, to really, really, really like running track, uh, especially the short sprints. So I kept with that. And then he had some buddies, too, who were excellent track athletes, um, Andre Eccles and um, Joshua Thorne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, a latecomer, um, Tavon Young. Mm-hmm. And that they made up my four by one relay team that did quite well at Penn Relays. But on the other hand, I had some middle distance people who were quite successful too. Antonio Washington, you probably don't remember him, but he he was like 150, 156 in, in the- uh, In the half. In the half, yes. But um, to just, just to be really, really fair, I, I don't want to start yeah. naming a lot of people. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. definitely. How about you, Daryl? Uh, when I started at Blainsburg, you know, I had I had a couple of kids that was really good. And, you know, back then I was a young coach, so, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really know. But I know my pro when – we, when we started winning at Blainsburg, because I won three state championships at Blainsburg in the regionals and stuff, um, I had one girl. She transferred into Blainsburg from Ohio. Her name was Janelle Martin. She was a sprinter. Mm-hmm. And – at 13 to 14 years old, she ran 11.9. And she came to Blainsburg. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the janitor met her grandfather and everything at the, at the store. And he said, man, my granddaughter coming to Blainsburg, you know, is a, I, I track team. And he said, man, the track team, great, man. The girls are good. And that's when the Blainsburg team took off. And it was Janelle Martin, Trina Hines. And then I had a half miler that was out of this world. And like I said, I'm a young coach, so I'm just running her to death, running mm-hmm. her to death. And she ran 211 and 800. <laughs> her name was Tamika Combs. And that's what really put us on the map when, when them kids started running. You know, Trina was an old one. Then Janelle came in and Tamika was a young one. And it, it really put me over. Like, I'm a state championship coach. Didn't know what it was. And, yeah, yeah. you know, when you win the region – you walk out this thing and they say, hey, coach, you won the region. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, I ain't know. I'm just coaching. You yeah. know, I ain't know about no points or nothing because yeah, I was young. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's really started. And then at Largo, I just got so many people. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, a lot. it's just, you know, it was, it was it's great to coach them. Because some of them, like I said, when we started the club, India, Lakeisha Brooks, and mm-hmm. Onicha Chuka, all of them came through the club and went to Largo. And that's when everybody used to stay in the area school, you right. know, most of them right. live in that area. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a fun time. The yeah. Melanie Bellies and the Sedoni Davises. Definitely. And then after them, Michelle Galladay's and mm-hmm. Camilla Bossets. So. Awesome. You know, awesome times. And yeah. Chris, I know you spoke of a few people, but um, anybody else that, that you kind of have, you know, just, just burnt into your memory that, that, you know, was, some of those people that left a big mark in the county. Um, I would love to say I had a hand in coaching her. She was on my team, retiring more. <laughs> I was yeah. probably the most gifted person I've ever seen in my life. I, um, I think yeah. 
like Coach said, that was one of those runners. I don't think she really liked track. Mm -hmm. She liked winning. She liked the attention that she got from it. But this young lady was phenomenal. I mean, she came to me good. She came, she was already a state champion when she came to Marbury's in 10th grade. So let's make that, you know. So it wasn't about the coaching. I just didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> she was time we get lucky, man. <laughs> <laughs> right I learned triple jumping because of her. Right, mm -hmm. right. Because I said, okay, I, I got a gift. Yeah. You know, yeah. This girl would have left high school not jumping over 40 feet. You know, that would have been shame on me. Right. <laughs> you know, because there was nothing this young lady couldn't do. She could probably do anything from the 800 or down. Mm -hmm. You know, but to leave high school with 14 state championships. <laughs> she didn't run but one season as a ninth grader. It would have been more. And also, I limited her to three events. Yeah. yeah. So if I really tried to score a lot of points, and let's get this straight. I've lost a lot of state championships because of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I undercoached that view quite a few. But probably had I let her run or had her run more events, 14, it probably would have been eight more state Amen. championships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Another runner was Robert Bell. Once again, I would have to look at my stopwatch to realize that this kid was running hard because he ran 151 in the 800. Um, what wasn't mentioned, he ran 110 for 600 yards. Oof, because mm -hmm. he was running against pros, kind of kept it under cover because back then they had certain rules about high schoolers running against pros. Definitely. He ran the third fastest 600-yard time mm -hmm. of all time. I mean, this kid could run anything. You know, somebody once said, he's not fast, so I put him 100, he ran 10-6. <laughs> okay. okay, but what people don't realize, he ran 429 in a mile. Wow. Didn't like track. The most gifted <laughs> two people that I can actually say, you know, that just had talent out this world. You know, but we, like Daryl and Coach Mullins, there's so many athletes that you yes. can pick out. Yes. It's unbelievable. But those are the two that just, man, you know, this kid had a 11 foot stride. Mm. Never looked like he was running hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. They don't, they don't come around that, that often. Not no more. <laughs> few and far between. They that's go to definitely. private schools. Yeah, few. That's, that's, that's very true. That's very true. So coaching has definitely been, it's been a lot of success in this room here with you guys. And um, a lot of um, a lot of development. You know, I always say that it's, that it's you know, important to, regardless of what comes to you, to try to develop that that talent and develop that skill um, as they go, and like you said, they not you know few and far between where the real you know elite you know athletes come. But you have a host of others that that come. What's what's some of the just the, I guess this year in in the county one of the workshops that we kind of did as teachers coming back was kind of de de defining our why, like you know why why are we here teaching? You know why why are we educators? And I thought it would be appropriate to kind of ask that question of you guys. Um, you know, what is it that makes this coaching thing for you kind of worth it? What is it that that when you think about why do I do this and 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 what do I get out of it? Well, you you know, it's interesting that you ask that because. Um, I look back at my experiences and when I was in high school, 
uh, I was state champ in North Carolina in, in the 440. <laughs> I ran 48.3 with the long spikes in my shoes. <laughs> Starting in the middle of the track. In the middle of the track. On the cinders. Right. On the cinders. Right, yeah. But I had a, I had a, a coach that really cared ab about me. Uh, my father was an alcoholic. So he didn't, he wasn't around that much. He was there, but he wasn't around that much. So my coach was, was really the person that really, really took care of me outside of the, the, the house. And that stayed with me the entire time that, um, that I became an adult and started coaching. And I started seeing young folks who needed help. And that's one of the motivation, mo motivational factors that I used in, in developing my kids. They knew that they could come to me for anything that they needed. That's great. That's, and, and, and I think after, after they leave us, even when they come back and call absolutely, and, mm -hmm. and you know, let you check on you, see how you're doing, but also let you know how they're doing in their lives Absolutely. is is so is so um rewarding and for my, you and for my, you daryl oh my why is you know um by coaching i always always said that I, I, I want my kids to be better than what i did you know because i went to school and i stopped running so i came out and got a job and everything but my my goal was to make sure these kids get athletic scholarship track scholarships so I always beat it in their head. You got to get a scholarship. You can run fast, get a scholarship, go to school for free. And as I got to Lago and got older, it was like, man, let's get these kids in school, mm -hmm. you know? And once we did that, it was like we started in Lago at 90, 95, 96, me and Coach Mike, my man Mike Roberts. <laughs> He's still with me. He is. You know? yes. And um, he do a great job for me, too. You know, because all the state championships that I won at Lago, if he wasn't there, we wouldn't win. <laughs> so, but um, we was like, let's get these kids in school. And the thing is, as long as I got a kid a scholarship, it was great for me. I ain't, you know, the state championships are, are great, but getting kids scholarships and they can continue their education and get a degree and come back with good jobs and everything, that's the, that's the why. Yes. You know, because, you know, over the 27 years I've been at Lago, we done had a one kid, at least one kid every year to get a scholarship. And that's, and, a, that's, a, that's, that's a stat. Yeah. Right and then another thing is when they do go to school, they come, they get their degree. So like you said, they come back, they talk to you, and they come see you and everything. And they just, you know, it, that's a great feeling. Definitely. You know? Yeah, definitely. And Chris? Um, oh, it sounds crazy, but I'm the coach I wish I had. <laughs> You know, everything I wish I would have had in the coach, because I had quite a few, not because I was jumping as an athlete from coach to coach, but in high school, I mean, had like five different coaches. Mm. We had a coach for every season, the next year we'll have a new group of coaches, or whatever. And I learned a little bit from every coach. Um, but as coaches, we're in position to really teach life skills. Sometimes yes. we don't have to preach. Sometimes the kid just wants us to be quiet and hear the problems. So when I see stuff like that, if you understand the kids, as an athlete, you can get some of the things out of them. And sometimes, as a coach, I had to grow up and say, 
sports isn't this important based on what this kid is going through. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, we're all in the same boats, but what the other coaches say, when you see how they turned out some of the trouble kids, you know, the most mm-hmm. trouble kids, and they come back and you had an influence on them. Like I had a kid, he came back to say, man, I was, you know, he was in his 40s when he told me this. He said, man, you saved my life. I want to thank you. I never got a chance to thank you. I'm trying to figure out what it means. And he says, when they were in high school, and this was back in the 90s, I think, he never went nowhere without his boys. If he needed a ride home, he wouldn't get a ride home if his boys weren't with him. They did everything together. Mm-hmm. But one morning in school, his boys would decide to go and see and settle the dispute. Mm-hmm. But he said, I saved his life because he knew I checked the road every day. And if I didn't come to school, he was going to get cut. Mm. But his boys went to D.C. and got shot up. And one of them died. You know, and certain times as coaches don't realize that those things made a difference. Mm-hmm. We don't realize we may be saving life. But if you're where you're supposed to be, you know, trouble has to find you. Right. And I never yeah. thought about it that way, but it's, I never, he never did nothing about his boys. But, but Chris, also, the, the kids have to trust you. Yeah. Yes. They have, they have to believe that you are for them. Yes. And if, 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 if you can get them to that point, then you are solving a lot of the problems that they may have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have kids all the time. They're in their 60s now <laughs> coming back and saying, Coach, you saved my life. You yeah. saved my life. And uh, it, that that means so much. Yeah, it's yes. a good it's a good thing when people come back. Absolutely. And it's 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 crazy because you know I still coach Elago and coach Summer Track. So every like Monday through Thursday, somebody might pop up on the track mm-hmm. and they always say, Man, you ain't hard to find. I know where you at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's always somebody that you used to coach, they come back and see you and talk to you. Yes. You know, and that's a good thing. That's hilarious. That's man. the best thing about it. It's it's funny that you mentioned um, Mike Roberts because, um, again, you know, just consider myself, you know, definitely a resident. You know, now I've been here mm-hmm. since 1994, but um, it's a large district, yeah. but it's so small you know, on the other note. Mm-hmm. And um, I played in this golf league this this past summer, late summer. And met this guy. The guy there was three of us, so we needed a fourth. Mm-hmm. So they 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 grouped us with this uh, with this. I guess he's around fifty now, maybe. But um, this this young man named uh, Dennis, and he saw that we had some. Me and my buddy had some flowers gear, and he's like, "Oh, you work mm-hmm. for the county?" There. He says, "You know Mike Roberts?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah." I said, "That's my guy." He said, yeah. man, he said, he saved my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, said, I was, he said, I was such a knucklehead. At, he graduated from Northwestern High School. Uh-huh. And he said, I was such a knucklehead, but Mike would stay on me mm-hmm. all the time. He said, I wouldn't be where I was now today as an engineer if it wasn't for Mike, you know, being a coach in his life, making sure that he just stayed on him, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, not going to the auditorium and smoking with his boys, yeah. <laughs> just doing crazy stuff. You uh-huh. know? But um, it's, it's again, you know, as a coach, it's just it's amazing that, you know, what you put in, you know, to the young people, they definitely, you know, um, see it, you know, through. Mm-hmm. So um, 
definitely wanted to to hear some of you guys's um, you guys' story. If you could um, tell your young self as a coach something, because I know we all started out, you know, gangbusters, and, and when, if you could tell your young self something when you first started coaching after being in it for this long, what what would you tell your what would you tell your young self, Chris? <laughs> I couldn't tell you because I wouldn't be anywhere I was if I didn't experience the things that I experienced growing up. So, you know, you learn from making a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, you get and go back and say, man, I wish I could have done this with this kid. Right. And with this team different. But probably I would have been so hot-headed. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure Coach Mother's going to remember. I cussed out every official known the man. I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> It was always, I can remember the D.C. coaches were always the one that pulled me to the side and said, Chris, there's a different way to handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 22 years old, man. I don't want to hear that message. You know, all I know is I got DQ for some stupid reason, like a different color bra or some technicality that I didn't understand. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. and they always pulled me to the side. I wasn't hearing it. They might see me next week and say, Chris, there's a different way you can handle it. Now you really, your team really gonna get disqualified now, <laughs> you know, with a little subtraction. So, um, I would want to say I would probably say handle it a little different, but at the same time, I have my kids back, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna say I regret it. Right. You know, when I got disqualified for the different color rules, with different color bras, they overturned. So I definitely acted a fool. Yeah, I know. I, I stopped attract me. It stopped yeah. state me. Yeah, it stopped state me. Yeah. You know, and they overturned. So I would have regret about that. But probably I wouldn't be so hot headed all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So with with me, uh, I w- I would tell my young self to have some patience and listen more to your athletes. Mm-hmm. Because back in when I was at Blainsbury, man, I was like. You do this, and this is what you're going to do. And I mean, I, I man, them, the girls and some of the guys, I used to, I used to run them hard. And it'd be, it'd be 90 degree weather sometimes. I'd be like, they're like, can we get some water? I'd be like, no, don't have no water. You know? And right now, I know the things I did at Blaine's where I couldn't do today. I wouldn't be coaching. <laughs> oh, my. So oh my. it was oh crazy because you was young. Yeah. And you wanted, you, you know, you wanted to work the kids out. You wanted to succeed. You wanted to get better and everything. It's like, I ain't want, I ain't want to have no shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. I ain't want them to have no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And, I, I wanted them to be good. So I had worked them so hard and just worked them hard and everything. It was like, and when you think about it, you're like, man, it's crazy back then. <laughs> you, find, you, find, you find yourself having your older athletes come back and say, uh, Coach Dale, you got soft. You got- <laughs> yeah, yeah they, all the time. They always come back and say, you got soft. I said, no, nah, I just got wiser. Yeah. I had more patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, listening to you too. I was just totally the opposite. I was always easy going. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids seemed to respond to that. Uh, I knew that I knew, could get whatever I wanted out of them, you know, by using certain techniques. But um, they they trusted me. They, they knew that uh, I would make the right decisions about everything. And then if I had to raise my voice, which I never did, they knew that, uh-oh, he's mad now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Great, man. Well, uh, <laughs> it was thug all the way. <laughs> definitely, definitely and, different style. And, yes. and, 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 and that was good. That was good for some people. Uh-huh. Maybe Miss Richardson needs that. Oh, yeah. De- definitely. Yeah, De- I, I, def- I, I like her. I like her. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I like her. <laughs> yeah, definitely needs some schooling, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of spunk, for sure. A whole, a whole lot to give out. Sure. A whole lot of people look attractive. She needs a lot more management, though, I, I do believe. Yeah, yeah. But she, you know. she, she got a lot of people looking at track, and it's crazy. Yeah. I got a cousin that, um, he looked at the, at the race, and I said, man, when the last time you looked at her beat, I'll be a track beat, a woman's hundred. He said, "Flow your rain." <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely bringing bringing a lot of attention. Not necessarily yes. the greatest, right? But but, but but it's bringing some attention to yes, the sport, and, and hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully as she as she develops and matures into you know going into worlds next year, mm-hmm. and then you know the the twenty three games and stuff that. That'll be something that uh, that'll con- she'll flourish versus being you know going the other way and yeah. not being a story that you want to. Yeah. Social media star. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, guys, it's been awesome uh, being able to get together. Um, like I said, I wanted to continue to tell the stories um, of Prince George's County track and field, and I think the coaches um, are an integral part. It's interesting. Um, some of the conversation we had because almost every um, student athlete, you know, that is pretty much now, you know, now an adult that I was able to interview um, mentioned how the the caring um, values that were kind of, you know, put into them by their coaches was was one of the reasons why Prince George's County is so successful, you know. They, they talked about the talent level, but one of the things they absolutely mentioned was that they had coaches who worked, you know, year in and year out and year round to um, whether to help them, whether it was picking them up for practice and taking them home, making sure their summer workouts, you know, not, not letting them skip summer workouts, involving them in, in, in summer track, um, you know, the, the first experience I had in here after my first year teaching in 1994 was coming over coach uh coach brady was like you know our kids and lagos kids and bladensburg kids and um we had some dc kids would run for ketter and largo yeah. and and we and we would all coach you know mm-hmm. in a little piece you know a little piece of them so like when i interviewed um cliff wong who was a forestville athlete you know cliff wong rang with ran with kevin largo with us mm-hmm. with the same team that cody and you know bad the barretts and, yeah. and whoever mm-hmm. started you know but they all they all ran together mm-hmm. so they talked about you know the coaches and what the coaches put in and like carlos and and you guys you know put into them so it's just a testament that um you know, you're still doing it you know to this day and 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 the mark coach um, mullins that you left on you know this dmv nobody nobody in track and field culture 
doesn't know your name oh my. in the DMV. You know, no, nobody doesn't know doesn't know your name. And you know, when I was a younger coach, I'm an old guy now. But when I was a younger coach, and I'm looking for these for these folks who who kind of know everything in the county, I'm, they're like, yeah, Coach Mullins. You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna talk to him at track meets when I'm there. I'm gonna stand by him at track meets and see if some of that stuff rubs off, rubs <laughs> off on me. You know, but um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's an awesome county, and uh, I'm gonna close out with any final remarks um, by the three of you. Well, but, um, I I want to say something about you. I've watched you ever since uh, you came into the um, county. And I'm a pretty good judge of character, talent, and worthiness. And that's what I saw in you. Uh, and then when um, Coach, what, uh, what's his name? Um, Ed Boy. Ed Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when he gave up what he was doing mm-hmm. and you just eased into taking it over it was such a pleasure to be able to uh to be around you and and knowing that you knew exactly what it was that had to be done and you never ever raised your voice even though we had some coaches who were kind of (laughs) kind of like (laughs) boisterous you know and 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 indifferent too but but you, you you always showed a sense of um um pride and professionalism so I want to I want to thank you personally for that. And another, and oh, another, thank you. another thing we didn't go over, it was the rivalries with the schools. Oh, yeah. You know, it, that, that was just the fun part about it oh, back yeah. in the day. Definitely. Like, like when I started at Blanksburg, when you bring up Ed Bowie's name, everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be like Ed. So we took stuff from Ed to help our program. And it's like Central was the best, like you wanted to be the best. And then I got to Largo. It was like Lago against Roosevelt, Lago mm-hmm. against Flowers. It was it was just something, but it was it was a great it was a rivalry, but it was a fun rivalry because all of us knew each other and it was like, okay, man, y'all got it this time or something like that. So that's the good thing about PG County too, you know. That's a great that's thing. That's an about awesome PG point. County. That's an yeah. awesome point right there. Because after the meet, all of us could sit down and talk and have fun and just laugh and giggle each other, and that's the thing about our coaches. Yep. I kind of did what I want to say, did to what Daryl says, because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm tired of losing to the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, the first, on the first congrats, like Daryl would tell you, I yeah. was calling you for the guys and girls who went to the state. Yeah. Daryl was like, I don't know, Chris. I was like, Daryl, y'all got this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a fun rivalry. You yes. It's, not, it's nothing really personal. Right. Nope. Definitely. Not at all. I would love to say one thing. When I was a young man, I used to always want Coach Mullins to be my coach. <laughs> you coach of Oliver Bridges and a couple yeah, other guys. Absolutely. I always was at his practice, working out. Hopefully he'll say, Chris, let me take care of those wins. <laughs> I mean, but just being in that atmosphere of how he handled himself, like he said, he never raised his voice. Mm-hmm. That's a God-given character. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for me not to raise my voice. <laughs> nope. I tried it. And the kids look at me and say, "That's not you, Coach. You mad? How's <laughs> your day to day at work?" <laughs> and, I, and even when I'm happy, I'm raising my voice. You know, I yell when they do something right, and they'll sit there and say, "You see, I told you, I don't yell when y'all just messing up or doing something wrong. As soon as you do something right, I'm yelling to the top of my voice." 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's, so that's just my personality. But I always observe, I observe everybody now. I observe you, Rose, because, you know, you're cool. All the time. Brothers is cool. You know, <laughs> Daryl, I watch him. You don't know if me and Daryl go back to play football, playing football against each other. It was like 11 or 12. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I pay attention. You know, this man is a winner. You know, it doesn't matter where he goes. He wins. You know, that's a God-given trait. He can go to the worst thing in two or three years. They're going to be challenging for a championship. Right. Definitely. You know, that's a God-given take. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. <laughs> the only time I've won, I was blessed with great teams. <laughs> you know, the first the first state champion, I, I inherited a team so good, I would have had to mess it up. Mm-hmm. I was just turned 21, 22. Mm-hmm. You know, I was blessed. I was asking questions. How do I not mess this up? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, looking at coaches and watching you guys have a gift. You know, whatever you do, I can't emulate what you're doing. I can't emulate what Daryl is doing. I have to figure out what I need to do. Because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm not getting it done lately. I have my kids develop, they get good. But the reality is, the last 10 years, I'm in a situation that I can't figure out. I'm not going anywhere until they fire me. I do figure it right, out. Right, yeah. definitely. But what you guys are doing is excellent. You know, I still don't like losing to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate those those kind of words, Coach Mullen, mm-hmm. um, Coach Mullins. Um, it's just um, like like you said, it's it's the person who you who you are. You know, is is kind of you know a more of a oh, calm and and and, and mm-hmm. collected you know person, and and I think I owe that to my dad. Most of all, who, you know, really never really raised his voice too much. And like you said, the 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 infrequent time, one or a few times that he did, you knew that you you really messed up. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. my mom on the other side, you know, <laughs> you know, got a whole lot of beatings from my mom. <laughs> but but yeah, my, my dad didn't. And I just again, you know, you know, just kind of observe and, and try to, you know, and and you know be successful within within, you know. The type of character that I have, but um, but looking at you guys, like I said, uh, you know, from the from the time um, we started, even uh, started observing, you know, met you know met you guys a long time ago, and I and mm-hmm. you know observing how you guys went about your business, I said, wow, these guys are excellent, excellent people, not just excellent coaches, and um, you know, the rivalries, like you said, Daryl, it's funny because almost almost everyone that we've talked to. I've talked to mention, you know, the 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 healthy rivalries we would have. It's yes. like, you know, you know, um, you know, Tiffany was funny because she was like, man, when the track meets came, she, you know, her and Sodi wouldn't even look, they wouldn't yeah. even talk to each other. <laughs> and then later that night, you know, they're on the they're phone, phone or they're going out somewhere, going out to a party or something like that. But yeah, but, um, but that's that's and that's the spirit of PG County, like mm-hmm. track and field. In my opinion, it's like, you know, you come to that to county championship and it's like hooping and hollering and and you know you you battling, yeah, you know, all the way to the end. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll get to see that this year. Yeah, you know, in the times we've been off this year and a half, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, the the country and the world has seen some things that we haven't you know experienced in 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 a lifetime. But um, you know, hopefully we can get back to providing you know these these young people some opportunities for for success and and you know get them out of the house and just the just the whole mentality where they are at this time. Yep. But but I really appreciate you guys coming on. 
can I have one more comment? Yes, you can. <laughs> what do we have to do to get Coach Mullins to come out with the biopsy film? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, really, I'm, I'm dead serious now. <laughs> what has to happen? I'm in the process now of writing yes. a, a book. I haven't said it to, to too many people, but I'm in the process of doing that. And hopefully that will answer your question a little bit. <laughs> one, one other thing that I want to say, all of you know Larry Colbert, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know that I started him in track and field? Yes. I coached him for 37 years. Okay. Larry came to me when I had a little uh, club team. Mm -hmm. And he said, you, you think I can run with these boys? And he was 37. He was about 37 then. I said, I don't think so. Because <laughs> the, the guys were fast. That was William Conti and yeah. Anthony Fields and that crew of, mm -hmm. of people and they were they were very talented and he said well i just want to come and see if i can do this i said well come on over and um we, we'll see so i said i gotta get rid of this guy <laughs> so i gave him the, the the toughest workout that i could possibly give and the next day he was right back at it again for, for another one <laughs> And he just stayed with it and stayed with it and stayed with it. I said, well, this, this guy is determined and uh, he has talent for his age, mm -hmm. you know. So that, that's how he got started. And, and the little club team, Glenard, mm -hmm. it started with my team, my, my club team. And then it progressed into what it is what now. What it is now. Yeah. That's awesome. I actually have him on my list to, um, to interview so I'm really looking forward to 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 continuing that story too. Absolutely, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a rich. It again, it's 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 just a rich. We can we can talk for a long time, guys. It's yes. a rich area. When again, when I first, I didn't I didn't run youth track, <clears throat> and I ran high school track, and got to college and was going to walk on. And and the coach at my at my school, you know, wanted you know kids going forty sevens and all that. And I was a fifty point kid, mm -hmm. and. And he, and I didn't want money, a scholarship money wise. I just wanted to be on a team, but he kind of was setting his team up to where he did. He at the time he wasn't taking walk-ons, mm -hmm. and I was telling Coach Chris, that's how I started even studying. I, I mean, I, I was, I, I, I feel like I was a student of the game, mm -hmm. even in high school. I always asked my coach extra questions and things like that. But in college, I really started studying the sport, and I kind of lucked into. A coaching position my second year in college mm -hmm. um down down the street in, in philly and from temple and um that's how i started coaching and just fell in love with it but um when i came down here i was like man we got 10 track teams at the time <laughs> 10 <Yeah>. track teams <laughs> in in us in this area to you know we got the cavalier cavalettes uh -huh. we got kettering lago we had glen arden which was big at the time you know mm -hmm. still already big at the time you know and and you know we had a bunch of teams you know sprinkling of teams in dc and baltimore and stuff and i was like man everybody running track around here yeah. i was like i could fit in you know <laughs> And then you saw the teams, you know, kind of split, break up from mm -hmm. having 10 teams to 30 teams to 40 teams and stuff. But it's yes. it's just a rich heritage. And I think the opportunities, if you're a young person in Prince George's County, I think if you don't find something to participate in, it's by no fault of your own. Yep. And 
you know, there are enough teams in, in track and field in particular, which obviously we all love. It's so many events that, you know, you can you can find your you can find your niche in track and field. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Prince George's County is, is a little bit unique in that. I mean, there may be some other places where they have that many teams, but I think it's unique in that there's so many offerings in whatever community you live in. You can find a track team to yep. be a part of. And I think that's part of our success. Yes. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for coming by the show. Thanks for having me, man. No doubt. Great show. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Inside Track and Field Podcast with Coach Carl Rose. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next time at the track, trying to go faster, higher, and further. Until next time, peace and blessings to all our listeners.